And so I think that part of having success is taking risks, right? There's that whole risk reward thing, but you just don't know. You're always going to lose something, right? When you gain something, you lose something for better or worse. The Black Widow will be giving us seven super insights on today's Super You podcast. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Quammen. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. Today, we're getting seven super insights from Scarlett Johansson. Though she was born in Manhattan, New York, that's where she gets her innate cool from on November 22nd, 1984. Johansson's father was originally from Copenhagen, Denmark. Beautiful place in the world. Beautiful place in the world. I remember walking to the airport from a little... It was cool. Like, how, how often do you walk to the actual airport? Where I stayed, I actually was easier for me to walk to the airport. It wasn't on the airport grounds, it was outside of the airport, but I was actually able to walk down the street in the morning to the airport. And yes, I was kind and cognizant enough not to roll my bag down the street at five in the morning and wake everybody up with the wheels of my luggage making all that noise. So it was quite the workout. It was a little over a mile and a half of carrying my luggage, a little wet and rainy, but it was one of the coolest things I've done where it's like, I can't believe I'm walking here in Denmark to the airport. How cool is that? How blessed am I? But here we are, blessed today to get seven insights from the Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, the five foot three inch Johansson, letting us know from the early age of nine how her career got started. When I was probably nine, um, I worked on a film called Just Cause and Lawrence Fishburne was in it. And we were traveling somewhere for the film. We were all on a plane and I tra- I passed him in the, in the uh, aisle. And he said to me, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you want to be an actor or do you want to be a movie star? Um, and, you know, I, in my mind, it, I, I didn't really know. I didn't know what, what he meant exactly. I felt like, you know, you can be both, right? I mean, you can be both. But he was saying to me is like, are you here to do the work? Um, and, you know, I, I internalized that if your end goal is just to be a movie star, well, you know. That's one that's different than acting. You know, Johansson is related to Phil Schlamberg. Um, she's his great niece. But you're probably wondering, who the heck is Phil Schlamberg, you say? Schlamberg was the last person to die in combat in World War II. So a little trivia for you there. Now, Scarlett, in Black Widow, how do you keep it authentic so they deliver lines without coming off as acting, but actually keeping it, quote unquote, real? Firstly, just having a scene partner and understanding what it means to work with one another was a, was a big part of the foundation. Just the improvisational work, acting opposite another person yeah. and being able to hold what they gave you and give them something back. That give and take was, was greatly encouraged um, and requires obviously a lot of patience and compassion and, and mindfulness. And which are all wonderful things to teach children anyway. It's a, it's, it really just, it's the same foundation. You just, you're just uh, a little bit shorter. I would never describe myself as a method actor per se, but I have developed my own kind of method. Um, and I think being able to draw from 
my own emotional space inside me um, and, and be able to have compassion for myself in a way and the experiences that I have had and, and use those, those experiences and those emotions to, you know, to really adapt to any kind of uh, situation or environment. That has been something that I carry with me. Um, and have always employed and kind of gone back to. Now, Scarlett, you're a twin, and you can definitely see the resemblance between you and your brother, Hunter, who I hear, or what I learned is that you were disappointed because he actually actually got the first role in the family, but obviously you've overcome that disappointment and gone on to great success. Uh, so family is one form of success. After your parents split, you became close with your grandmother and you call her your best friend. Uh, but I'd like to know, and our listeners would like to know, what is your definition of success? Definition of success means so many different things to different people. For me, I feel like I've had success when I've done my best job at that very particular given moment. doesn't necessarily mean that I won't wake up when the night demons come at 2 a.m. and go, oh, damn it, I should have tried that other reading. God, I mean, that always happens. But I think when I feel, okay, this is, as, this is all I have to give. I gave it all. I thought of all the things I could think of right now. I think I'm good. Okay. Doesn't always mean that it ends up so successful, but personally it feels like, okay, I'm happy with that. You know, if I was brave and I try, I push myself out of my comfort zone and I maybe went in a direction, went in a couple of different directions that felt something out. I carved something out. I just made a discovery. I, th- I feel, okay, that was that was a successful moment. I do a moment to moment. Now, switching gears here a little bit, The Parent Trap, the movie, is one of my daughter's favorite movies. I think I've watched it 20 times with them, at least 20 times, and that helped catapult Lindsay Lohan to stardom. But you had your eye on that role as well. You auditioned for the role, but lost out to Lilo. Now, a lot has changed since then, just to say the least. That's an understatement of the year, but a lot has changed since then. Indeed, one big change is how we consume content. Now, how do people consume content these days, and what's the impact? It's interesting because a couple of people actually in the past couple of days have mentioned to me that uh, a couple of extremely esteemed directors been, you know, really vocal about how um, movies, you know, the kind of whole Marvel universe and these, I guess, big kind of blockbuster action movies are really like, you know, using words like despicable and like the death of cinema. And I actually... You know, at first I thought, oh, that seems kind of old fashioned. And somebody sort of had to explain it to me because it seemed so kind of disappointing um, and sad in a way. And then and then they said, no, I think, you know, what that what these people are saying is that, um, you know, in at at the actual theater, there's there's not a lot of room for different kinds of movies or smaller movies or independent movies because the theater is actually just taken up by these huge blockbuster yeah. movies and there's actually no space for these movies. And, um, you know, it made me sort of think about how people w- consume content now and how, how there's been this huge sea change in how people, where people view, what the viewing experience is yeah. and what the maybe original, what we would have called the cinematic experience 
how, how that's, that, you know, that's, that's definitely changed for people as everyone's lifestyle has changed. I mean, people watch or taking in all of this different content and all these different new platforms. And it just is, it's just, a, it's just, you know, it's just cha- changing. And I, I think of all the stuff that's out there that has found a home in, whether it's through a streaming network service or, you know, um, you know, maybe on a different kind of television networks that are happening now, or, um, you know, there's all these different ways and people to, to see stuff. And so all this stuff is getting made that I think would probably have never had a shot before. You had a brief marriage with one of my favorite actors, Ryan Reynolds, and you've both been in giant blockbuster movies. With the change in consumption, do you still feel there's a role for indie films? Or is it just going to be blockbuster after blockbuster? I guess like 10 years ago. um, And strangely enough, it feels like Jojo Rabbit's more, even more, it's actually kind of sad. It seems more relevant now than it was 10 years ago. Um, And I think, you know, if you see it, you'll understand why why that's a sad fact. Um, but it, you know, that film, um, found its way, you know, through Fox Searchlight, which is, you know, has a history of just making really cool, interesting stuff. They have, they're, they're not, they don't shy away from that studio doesn't shy away from stuff that's subversive and, you know, they're happy to give it a theatrical release and they believe in it. And I think there is still, there's room for independent film for sure. I mean, I, I think people want, um, they want diversity. They want to see different kinds of things and they want to see different stories that represent them and, and different actors that represent them. And I think it's, you know, there's definitely, a, there's room for original stuff. You know, it's hard to find good stuff, period. It's always been. You certainly know, and our listeners certainly know, that life can be heavy and dramatic. Uh, your mother, Melanie Sloan, started working as your manager when you were nine years old. But 16 years later, you had the difficult task and you had to fire your mom, which had to be awkward. And, and just as life is heavy, you sometimes, as an actress, an actor, you sometimes have to play heavy and dramatic roles. And honestly, I think most of our listeners do this in life as well on a day-to-day level. They play heavy and dramatic roles sometimes in life. But as an actor and actress, how exhausting and difficult is that to play these roles on the big screen, these big dramatic roles? Marriage story is definitely, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of complex emotional the relationship between the two characters is complicated, like any relationship that's meaningful. And you know, there's ten years of history, and there's a lot of different kinds of feelings all happening at the same time. Which is not to say that it was all super heavy while it was exhausting and the days were long, because Noah is also very is relentless in his search for every you know possibility and exhausting every kind of angle of any given scene. Because of that, because you had all this sort of room to spread out, it actually felt really liberating, um, like kind of light in a way, even though the material is heavy. Um, it's also kind of playful. I think as an actor, you you feel invigorated by um, stuff that's working and stuff that feels real and complicated and surprising. It may seem that you would carry around this kind of weight while you're doing heavy dramatic lifting like that but in fact it's kind of like going to the gym and lifting a heavy weight and then you feel this kind of rush of endorphin afterward you know and you feel like light and fit and great 
Now, going back in the time machine, I always like to point out some of the failures that some of our most successful people that we have on this podcast so that it lets people know that, hey, success isn't overnight. It's hard work. And we talked about how you lost out the role to Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap. And then in 2003, you were talented enough to already be in Hollywood because you started at seven and you've been on the Broadway stage, but at 18, you didn't make the cut at New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. You were rejected when you applied in 2003. Now, many of our listeners are probably facing some form of rejection right now. How do we stay empowered during these challenging times, especially during this hyper-connected digital age, this pandemic era where everything has gotten away from face-to-face and has been living in a virtual world? But how do we stay empowered during these challenging times? If we, you know, there is a responsible way, I think, to live our lives with technology where we're also, where we also take care of ourselves, take care of our, our, our mental state, you know, give, give ourselves time and space to be clear in our mind so that we can focus on our own empowerment and focus on our own, our own goals, how we want to get there. Take the time to, you know, meditate, take the time to you know, sit down with your coffee or whatever it is you do and not be staring at your thing and not be just absorbing all of this constant information, but actually strategize with yourself, you know, try to envision a goal for yourself and, you know, uh, you know, try to try to think about what kind of active choices you're making in your life, you know, take time for yourself. I think that helps that 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 is empowering. A big thank you to Tony Award winning and Academy Award nominated actress Scarlett Johansson for those amazing seven insights. You might know her best as Black Widow, but we hope that you're a superhero out there today. Obviously, this is what the podcast is all about. It's a super you podcast. It's designed to unlock and unleash the superpower within you on the world. And even though you might not think you are a Black Widow or an Avenger, you are. All of us have a superpower within us. It's just, it's just finding that courage. It's finding that courage for us to wear that cape. We are all superheroes. We just need the courage to wear the cape. So until next time, this is Eagle Man reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Super.